Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 says, For you were once darkness. Isn't that interesting you call it as darkness? But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, for Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Can you say that with me? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. This has been real fun teaching these standalone messages, and we're fixing to launch into soon uh, a new semester. And you do not want to miss next Sunday with Pastor Jonathan Suber. An amazing gift. An amazing gift. If you want to know who he is, just YouTube him. Jonathan Suber. You'll be there all day very good friend in covenant with us and we love him very much and so God has plans but the days and the hours that we're living in we can honestly say that there is a lot of evil right now in the world and people have ill intentions and misunderstandings as well and then then there's this conflict and we're living in tempestuous times and more than ever we have got to begin to take time to take time to spend with God. Taking time to spend with God has been more challenging in our generation than any other generation I have ever seen. I mean, you know, time changes and things, sometimes things come back full circle. On the way up here, my wife and I were talking and and she says, you, you dressed like you're wearing what you used to wear when you were in high school or something to that effect. She said, the 90s is back. And I said, well, man, I got plenty of those clothes. I know how to dress in the 90s. That was our year. 90s were our year. It's funny how at one point, almost 10 years ago, the bell bottoms were in, and that was something from the 70s. It's it's just so funny how things just become new again, and, and, and people think it's the end thing. But nothing is new under the sun. Nothing's new. We just evolve and we begin to uh, embrace fads and so forth. In the midst of change and the evolution of culture, one thing remains the same is that time never changes. Time never changes. The sun still comes up, always has been since the creation of time at a certain time and it goes down at a certain time like clockwork time hasn't changed so where do we find the time to spend with God 
That's what we're talking about today, how to maximize, how God can maximize your time. How God can maximize your time. How many of you want more time? More time with your family? More time to do ministry with God? More time to serve? More time to spend with your loved ones is a priority. But there's a way to do it. I'm going to give you principles today. I promise you, you're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to write some of this stuff down to remember it. I I believe it's going to be good because I'm not this smart. But there is an anointing in this house that just empowers us and reveals to us and helps us. Can you just say it one more time? God bless this service. Just say it. God bless this service. Amen. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Thank you, Lord. It's, um, I want to stick to this and I, I can get off on rabbit trails and I can have a lot of things that I I wished and desired to say, but I'm going to stick to what's important today because time is of the essence. I don't have enough time to really share everything I want to say. But I do have an assignment, and I do have something I believe God wants me to say, and there's a difference. Doing what we want to do and then doing what God's asked us to do. Isn't it funny sometimes that we feel like um, we can do things better than God by just doing it our way? Has anybody ever been guilty of that before? You knew in your heart this is the right thing to do, but you decided to do it another way. We talk ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves out of the will of God sometimes, and then thank God he allows U-turns for us to go back and make it right. Failure is not a person. Failure is just an event. And I personally believe, and I'm sure you do as well, that failure is just another opportunity for us to start back again intelligently more intelligent than we did before. But if we had more time, if we had time to prepare, to get ready, time is the most common gift that God has given to every single one of us. Under the sound of my voice in this place and those that are online, all of us of of different culture, different backgrounds, Different sizes, different heights, different bank accounts, different jobs, different talents. Just a diverse group of people. The world and every culture is so different. Variety is a spice of life, and it's so good to have our differences. And when they can mend together and cultivate together, we can do something wonderful. But the one thing we can't change and the one thing we can't control is time. Time. Time is the most powerful thing if you think about it. Because time can't be stopped. Time can't be stopped no matter how much Botox you use. You can't stop it. It is going to happen. No matter how many sets you do, time will catch up to you men some of you understand what i'm talking about it it is a matter of understanding how to utilize your time wisely and time is no respect of person no respect of person if there's one thing i've heard people say is time and time again the older they get is i wish i had more time I wish I had more time. 
I think this year in 2021 that we've experienced the value of time. It's been a very frustrating year, for, and it's been a very uh, progressive year in some cases because we've had time to slow down and think about what's really important and what really matters. We've had time to reflect on our life, and I don't know how you've approached it when we've started dealing with this pandemic, but I've personally and my family, we've looked and we determined, okay, we're going to have some downtime somewhat. We're going to have some lockdowns, and we're going to be isolated for a little while. We're, we're not going to waste this. We're going to better our lives. We're going to become wiser and stronger, and we're going to do things better than what we did when this is all over. And we're coming to an end of this, and I speak it in Jesus' name. Will you agree with me and say, Father, in Jesus' name? Come on, somebody. Father, in Jesus' name. We're on God's time. No matter what happens in our life here, things don't change for God. But then God allows some things to take place. And then he allows us to experience his presence to begin to make a difference. Time is valuable. And some of us have been allowed to evaluate and take some time. Others that have been on the front line have, like our nurses and our doctors. I've, I've, I've talked to many of them, and they're overwhelmed because their task is just taken on. That They've taken on double the load, triple the load of what they would normally do when things were normal. And so some of us have been blessed with some more time and others have really scrounging to find out where can I find time. Whatever and wherever you find yourself, you know by now time is valuable. When the businessman looks at time, he sees time as money. When the teacher sees time, the teacher believes it's time to influence a life. When a parent sees time, they see it as time to spend with family. But when Christians look at time, how do we see it? How is it viewed? How is it perceived? Time. I believe with all of my heart, I believe you do as well, that God knew in, in our limitations and and he knew by the cycles that he established in the earth. I mean, eternity is really by definition time without end. And there are no expiration dates. But when you look in the mirror, there is, whether we like it or not, an expiration date on us. We're not, I mean, life just moves so fast even when you think it's so slow. One day you have hair, the next day you, <laughs> what in the world? It happens. It just happens. And God knew that we would need something inside of us. You know, when you think about it for one moment, if you've ever seen a clock, we've all got these, you know, digital watches now, these smartphones watches and they're pretty cool but how many of you've ever seen the old watches if it were <laughs> some of them aren't old they're just more advanced and they look they're a lot cheaper now i know that for sure 
But there's some that have not changed in price because of the quality and the intricate parts of their engineering and how, how, how intricate they are, and like the Rolex. I mean, if you ever looked in the back of one and seen how detailed every gear is, little small springs you can't even see with your eye, you need a, at least my eyes, I need glasses and magnifying glasses. And you look at the details of that. And whoever invented that was, man, they had a lot of time on their hands. That's all I have to say. They had a lot of time on their hands to engineer this to get something to move. And I'm doing the Rolex seconds. In case you need to know, Echo and Mexico Rolexes are <laughs> FYI to those of you. So, but the real ones, smooth, accurate. When you look at creation, God has dealt with time in the same fashion that when you look at the universe, and how specific and how detailed it is, you have to recognize that there is a God. They say if the earth was any closer to the sun that we would burn and any further away that we would freeze. Yet the earth rotates on its axis and has the proper, proper speed, they say, just so we don't have havoc in the earth. The solar system and everything within the universe is very positioned, and from the beginning of time, since God said, let there be, the sun has always come up at the same time every day. And the sun has gone down at the same time every day. And the moon, the stars, only God can do that. But that's what eternity is. Eternity is when God steps into our time and begins to synchronize everything according to his will. Only God can do that. So when you see creation and you start looking around, you've got to say there is a God. There is a God. Only God can be so precise on all of this. Only God can do that. And it helps us realize that, you know, if God knew this and he had to put what was in him in us, so when our time goes crazy and our lives are crazy, there's something in us that causes us to get calibrated and sink in alignment with his will. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says this, Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. In its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. What is eternity? God's time. And you do the study, but when you really look at the scripture and you find the word eternity, look how synonymous it is with spirit in God itself, God himself. Look how synonymous it is. What did God put in every human being? His spirit. But yet, the scripture relates to us in Ecclesiastes that he refers to it as eternity in the hearts of men, humans. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So God put his spirit and put his timing inside of us, which I believe so he can keep us in his will or in his timing. When you're in the will of God, you're on the timing of God. God has a time for 
everything. And when you look at this, it begins to make sense. I mean, how many of you have ever said to yourself, man, things are crazy right now. They're not working out the way they need to. It's time to pray. Somebody is not praying, right? You ever said that in, in your home? When things aren't working right, you know you're praying. You're like the one you know you prayed today. Who, and the first thing you say is, all right, who's not praying? Oh, somebody's not praying. And so we all stop and we pray. We did it today. My family, with my kids. And, and I'm telling you, it's a secret because eternity on the inside sinks with eternity in God's presence. And heaven invades earth through our prayer. This, is, this first slide shows us how we view life. This is how we view life. The Pacific Mountains, Central and Eastern Time Zones in America, that's what we know. We know if you've ever taken a trip from the, east, from the Pacific Coast to the East Coast, have you ever experienced jet lag, anybody? Have you ever experienced what jet lag is and, and how it affects your body? It's when your circadian rhythm, the circadian rhythm that God placed inside of you is like a, it's like a clock, and it has to be lined up with your sleep. And, and when, you, when your regular sleeping habits are accustomed to the time frame, to the rising of the sun, the going down, all of that, then you feel rejuvenated, you feel strong. But when that is thrown off because you traveled over the time zone into somebody else's time zone, and you either don't need the sleep because you got there too early, and you've been up longer, or you've got there a day behind, or hours behind, and now you've lost sleep. Either way, you go, you get off rhythm. Some people are affected by this. Some people, they say it takes up to three days to a week just to overcome that. Because you're so out of kelter with, with your rhythm that God put inside of you, the natural rhythm. So when we look at that from a physical perspective, how much more in a spiritual perspective? And this is really what it looks like on the next slide. In the spiritual sense, we are accustomed in our time zone spiritually to past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. While God is in eternity. And while God sees us through eternity, he is everywhere at one time. That's what makes the blood of Jesus so powerful because it can go to your past without being, with, with, you're not even in your past anymore and blot away what you did as if you never did it. Think about that for a little while. And there's so much more to this, but when we look at this, could it be that when we're out of sync with God's timing that everything in our world begins to go crazy? We feel something on the inside, just like the circadian rhythm that naturally is in our body. We feel something that's out of sorts whenever we're not aligned with God's will. And you can absolutely positively be in God's will and yet still not pray and feel like things, something isn't right. Could it be that God just, you need to be wound up or recharged? I'm even a dead clock is right two times a day. And 
could it be that many times that even when we're going through our routine and our careers that, you know, we have a great day at work, guys, but then when we come home, our attitude's just like, no, I don't want that. This, what? I, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's when the chancla comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Make your own dinner. Could it be that, that we go through the routine, we're good at keeping schedules, but we're not good at inviting God into it? In our world around us that we are the center of, the world we live in, everything that orbits around us is out of kelter, is not in sequence. We seem to be okay, but everything around us is havoc. I believe, according to the scripture, it's because we're out of sync with God. And, we're not, and when we're not in sync with God, even the things that we have scheduled don't seem to work out right. Even at home. So let's just be transparent. Let's, I, I, I want to be vulnerable with you in this moment and share my life and tell you that I know when I'm out of sync with God. I pray every day, but there's, Prayer, and then, then there is prayer. I know the difference and have known for a very long time that if I don't spend time in prayer, things just don't begin to work out right, and my attitude isn't right, and I am very irritable. Men become irritable because men become uh, hard on themselves. You know that men deal with depression still, and they just show it in the form of anger in the form of being irritable, frustrated, because men are driven to accomplish and to, to dominate in a certain arena of their life. But when those things are out of control and they're not providing or they're not producing, we become depressed sometimes and frustrated. Women, just to keep it fair, <laughs> women become depressed out of the things that work out together the way they need to and they lose a sense of security. And then they become vulnerable and they become worrying that things are going to work out right. But I've seen both sides and I've analyzed it enough in my life to recognize that, you know what? I noticed when I pray on a consistent basis, the kids act better. Opportunities open up for me. God sends me the right people to help me in areas I need help with. I have a certain type of favor that, wow, I didn't have to pay for that meal today, and I didn't have to do that work because, or, or, or I met somebody today that I've been wanting to meet forever. I didn't know who it was, but God brought the right person at the right time, at the right place. I was at the right time, at the right place, at the right time. You know what that is? That's the internal circadian spiritual mechanism called eternity. You just got aligned with God and you're in sync with him. And things begin to work out. Point number two. Did I already give you point number one? Blame the rag. 
covered my notes. Eternity, point number one. Eternity is the source of more time. Eternity is the source of more time. God lives in eternity. Eternity means a time without end. And when we learn how to tap into that, there is no limited resource of what's in that space of time. When we, you and I, when you and I begin to understand the value of sinking with God, when we take time for him, it's not time wasted. When you see what God does with the little time, are you ready? With the little time you give him, you'll see how much time you have left over to spend with people you love because you've given God your best. Giving God your best does not mean that you serve people with everything you've got or you begin to work as hard as you can. Giving God your best has to be done in private to him. And the best of what you've got is in your heart. That's what God wants your heart and when you can do that the more time you spend with God the less time you've been having to fix problems you'll still have problems but I have seen God step into my moment and give me wisdom that will have taken me hours of research to try to figure something out I have even believe it or not I have even prayed for things that were broken like cars And saved me hundreds of dollars at least. I know that sounds crazy, but there's no restriction in my mind personally to what God can do. Now, every individual is different, but when you know who your God is and how much he loves you and how he wants to be involved with you, you don't leave him at home and then go to work. You take him from the home and take him to work and you take him to your business and you take him everywhere as you go. I never leave home without him. I don't leave home without him. You can't leave home without him. I, I mean... To have God part of your life, you have to learn to find the quality of time when you don't have the quantity. I was talking to a gentleman that I just met recently, and, and uh, my son was with me. My youngest son was with me, and we were holding a conversation. He happened to overhear it. And um, so we, my son and I were talking, and then, then my son left where we were at and went someplace else. And uh, the man that was still stand, sitting there where I was at, he said, um, is that your son? I said, I said, it is. He said, he's a good boy. I said, really? <laughs> How? Because, <laughs> you know, people can see sometimes what we do. We're just too hard sometimes. And, you know, I know I've got good kids. You know, I, I think your kids are wonderful. Uh, you know, but sometimes we just see everything. We're like, okay, great. But he is. And, but so he said, I saw the way he talked to you, how respectful he was, how he answered, yes, sir. And how he, I, I said, I, I've never seen that before. And that it's a, he's a good boy. And I go, man, thank you. And he wanted to, to know. And we stayed talking for about maybe three or five minutes, it seemed. 
about the importance of raising your kids because he has two kids of his own and he was asking me what do I do and I told him I said man I said uh, I said I, I'm, I'm not I know how to do a lot of things but the one thing I am good at I believe I'm good at being a dad I love being a dad I've always wanted to be a dad I've always wanted to raise children and train them up and have them do life with me. That was my dream. My wife will tell you, my dream, I, and I'm being very vulnerable with you to help to ex give you a point. My dream in my life has, has not been building businesses or building, it's always been doing life with my family because I didn't have it growing up. That, that's, that's all I ever wanted and ever want. So I focused all my time, but I knew this early in life when my kids were little, that if I didn't spend time with my heavenly father, who all good things and perfect gifts come from, and his love to have the true love of God, I have not been perfect in my life. My kids will tell you I'm not perfect, but they won't tell you I'm a hypocrite. I'll say that right now. If they do, I'll kick their butt. But if you want to be a good parent, no matter how old your kids are, how young they are, you must spend time with the right father. Even if you didn't have a dad, I didn't have a father growing up. I didn't have a dad growing up. My dad died when I was about six years old. But I desired to have a daddy. But so when Jesus saved me and I had a relationship with the father, I took advantage of it and I made time. And if you're going to successfully raise your children in the hour that we're living in, you must take time to spend with your father and he will teach you all things. He will show you how to love. He'll show you what to do in life. And he'll also teach you how when you don't have time, he'll give you more time. Point number two now, when we make time for God, God creates time for us. When we make time for God, God makes time for us. Please don't get the wrong idea, because I hear this little voice back here going, oh, you're just a hypocrite. You're not a good dad. That's what I got to say. Believe it or not, that's me cussing. That's as bad as it gets sometimes. <clears throat> Did you know that creation is found beyond the book of Genesis? God loves to create. Look at the Bible. God loves to create. In fact, every time God created for someone a miracle, a healing, or whatever he produced, the one gift that came out of that was time. Let me give you an example Naaman, you remember Naaman? How many of you remember Naaman in the scripture in the book of Kings? Well, when Naaman was sick with leprosy, Naaman didn't know what to do. Naaman didn't understand what was going on, and there were no doctors to deal with this. And then a little handmaiden, a little lady that served in his household told him, I know of a man of God. I know someone who can help you. And she told him, and he, they went out and drove his chariot and his carriage out to the front of the house of the prophet. And when the prophet Elisha came out, he told him, no, 
when he sent his servant to go out, he told him, go to the Jordan and dip seven times. What's amazing about this in 2 Kings is that the little handmaiden said, had he asked you to do something that would be astonishing, that everyone would recognize and that would give you some sense of, 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 of you know, ego, egotism, or, you know, just build your, your, your ego or somehow, and you would have looked. He said, you would have done it. Had you looked good, you would have done it. But he asked you to go to the muddy Jordan, and you have a problem with it. She said, just do it. So, verse 5 says, so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan. According to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. You know what happened right there? That man was given more time to spend with his family, doing his responsibilities, and also time to make things right with God in my book. He gave him time, the gift of time. He couldn't have bought that time. There are some things money can't buy, but when you've got time, the most valuable commodity that any of us could ever have, you have an opportunity to let God work in it, to get direction, to know what to do intelligently. When you spend time in prayer, God makes all the difference in the world. Look at the wedding, the wedding in John chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, when they ran out of wine at the wedding. Listen to what happened. Jesus told the servants after Mary went to Jesus and told them they're out. Jesus said, what do you want me to do about it? My time's not yet come. And he said, well, go ahead. She said, do whatever he says, knowing that, knowing that he would honor her as, her as his mother. It tells you what kind of child he was. He, he, he honored his mom. And then he told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars have been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions, and he did. Now, I'm, no, I'm not a, an expert, but I know where wine comes from. It comes from grapes, at least the one I know about. And how many of you know that it takes time to grow grapes? It takes time to harvest the grapes. It takes time to smush the grapes, press the juice. It takes time to, whether that was fermented, unfermented, you look it up. But what Jesus said was, hey, I'm going to save you some time. Possibly even the only option they had outside of trying to do that, which was impossible, was to go find a neighbor or a local store, right? I don't know if those even existed. Or the next town. How much time would that have taken? Because see, in their custom, it was an embarrassment not to have an offering or a drink to offer to their guests at that time because that's all they had. And that's all that they would to celebrate that a high moment. That kind of quality of what you had in that drink would have determined your financial status and your social status. 
and to not have it would have been a disgrace back in their custom. But Jesus said, I've got something better. I'm going to do a miracle that's going to save you time that you don't have. And I'm going to give you that. And when the master of the ceremonies had tasted, he said, my God. Most people give out the best wine and then save the worst for last. But you have saved the best for last. Have you ever been in a moment in your life where it seems like time was running out, but then God comes in at the last moment and gives you something that you never expected him to give you, and you think that, okay, God, I should have had it back then, but no, no, no. God says, no, 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 you're on my time. I'm not late. I'm always on time. I'm not going to, you're not going to be made a fool when you're in my will and you ask me to help you, then I'm going to help you out and see you through. And if you do get embarrassed because I'm late look at Lazarus we know Lord is what Mary and Martha said he'll be raised again from the dead at the resurrection Jesus said I can save you some time you're gonna have to wait a long time for the resurrection resurrection he said I am the resurrection eternity are you catching what I'm saying the last one I want to share with you is this the miracle when Jesus had the multitude of people following him. Listen to this, Matthew 15, 32 and 36. Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry. That means he had compassion. He had compassion for the people. They have been here with me for three days. And they have nothing to eat. Let me insert this really quickly for, for us here and just provoke your thinking to one thing. We have all been living for God for more than three days. We have been following Jesus for more than three days. We have at times been without certain things and thinking that maybe God doesn't see our situation. But if God saw these people who followed him for only three days, how much more does he recognize our problems when we've been following him for years and every moment? So that tells me that we just need to stop, take some time, and give God a chance to work out our problems and work out our circumstances. But he told the disciples, he said, I don't want to spend, send them away hungry or, or they will faint along with the way. Verse 33, the disciples replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness, right? For such a huge crowd. There are no caterers. We're in the middle of nowhere. It's going to take us days if we've been walking for three days think about this if we've been walking for three days it may take us two or one or maybe three to find something to eat by that time they're really going to be hurting oh here's what the lord said verse 34 how much bread do you have they replied seven loaves and a few fish and so jesus told all the people to sit down and another portion of scripture the other writers of the gospel say that when jesus said this they when jesus they asked jesus when jesus asked them how much do you have and what do you have they said but what is this among so many 
See, they were thinking in logical terms and reasoning, carnality. They were thinking not by faith, but by sight. But when eternity is stirred up in your heart and you allow the Spirit of God to work, he gives you the eyes of faith. And faith doesn't see a few. Faith sees a more than enough. Jehovah Jireh. We sing about it in worship. My God is more than enough. And they sat down. And he took the seven loaves and the fish. And he first things first. The principle from this scripture is that he thanked God for what he already had, even though it wasn't enough. He thanked God, the Father, for what he already had. You know, if we don't learn the secret of gratitude in the little that we've got, I don't believe God will give us more than what we have. Because the principle behind gratitude and thanksgiving is, is that whenever we see anything good in our life, no matter the amount, no matter how much, and no matter the quality, if we can become thankful, then we become good stewards of what God gives us. And then God says, they're not going to be spoiled because God doesn't want spoiled kids. That's why God has to allow us to go through some things to get the character to handle the blessing. To get the character because your success will only sustain you as far as your character. Wow, you need to write that down. I forget the stuff I say sometimes. You need to write it down. Your success in the will of God will only carry you as far as your character. God is waiting for us to develop. I've learned throughout the years, we've learned as a family, one thing that... Fasting and prayer will expedite the time of God because our spirit conforms in good character. So we've learned how to seek the fruits of the spirit before the gifts of the spirit because if we do it that way, then God meets us because he, can, he knows we can handle it. Can you handle it? And so we know the rest of the story. He gave to the disciples and they distributed to the crowd when you spend time with Jesus Jesus saves you time it's not a waste of time so Pastor Bobby I'm just so busy and, and I feel things are just hectic I wish I had a secret formula but I have to tell you the truth it's going to take work and you're going to see how taking time for God and putting him first will alter your life he will change it. Let me give you this last slide right here and show you. So I showed you the chart and how we understand past, present, future. In the place of present, I put pray, we put praying hands there because I want you to recognize how you pray in the present will determine how your future comes out. When you pray, eternity, in which the scripture refers to the eternal moment in the God, the kairos of time, enters into our chronological time error. And God defies logic by eternity. When we pray, God infuses his spirit to help us. That's why David said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That means 
in the future. God has already been there, and he's prepared a tabletop, and he's removed every enemy, everything that would have been to my hurt. God said, I prepare that for you way before you got there. That's what a good shepherd does. You know what a table is, right? We're not talking about the table you have in your dining room. We're talking about the tabletops of a mountain where shepherds take their sheep to feed. In a place where the shepherd can oversee and keep an eye out for the enemy. And before the shepherd takes the sheep to this mountaintop or this flatland of grass for the sheep to graze, he goes there and removes the thistles, the thorns, the poisonous plants, so he doesn't get caught up in the coat of the sheep and does not get in their digestive system the poison. A good shepherd will do that. And then he oversees. See, God is already in your future. God is already working things out. If God can, in your present, go into your past and eradicate it, that's what prayer does in your mind you're still living in the past but God says I already went there and forgave you of it in prayer that's eternity someone say God gives you time because how much time has been robbed from us by living under condemnation and guilt and things that we've done you want to know one of the greatest deliverances I've ever seen in the world has been the deliverance of an individual who came into the house of God or joined the presence of God and actually had been forgiven of things they were carrying for years. They've been set free, and therefore they have freedom. And when you've got freedom, you're a good steward of your time, and you're productive now. And now you're not living in condemnation, demoting yourself. Restricting yourself, disqualifying yourself from doing good. He's the God of eternity who works in our past and our present. And then God sometimes through prayer. Things that would have required an individual to get a degree in. Never limit yourself if you don't have a degree. I believe in education. I believe education is very important. I had a father who never finished high school, but he was a millionaire. I believe that when you're determined to succeed, I know businessmen that are millionaires, they never went to college. I'm not speaking against college. But if you have knowledge and don't know what to do with it, then it doesn't do you any good. Because wisdom is what's required to know how to act on knowledge. So I have also seen where God took somebody who people have labeled off as uneducated, who had a prayer life, that God would step in and give them years of experience and knowledge. He went into their past and future and said, I'm going to put wisdom inside of them and they're going to know how to do certain things and I'm going to promote them and I'm going to bless them and they never have to ask their boss for a raise because they've got a skill that only God could give them. I'm telling you, God will anoint you at certain things just to promote you and just to bless you and just for your prosperity, your family and for the well-being of your own household. Someone say, God saves you time. 
If you're going through some things right now, stop and pray. Take time with God every day. Be consistent with it because that's the challenge I'm leaving you with right now. Come on, Haley. That's the challenge I'm leaving you with today. The weekly challenge is going to be this today. Make prayer a priority in your schedule and watch what happens. But you must be consistent. You must be consistent. And we're not talking about ritual prayers. We're not talking about reciting prayers from a book. We're not talking about the Our Father, which was not a prayer to be repeated, but was a blueprint to how to pray. We're talking about heartfelt conversations with your eternal Father who wants your time. And if you give your time to him, he will take the time that you have, whether much or little, and bless it. Could you take him into it with you? Jesus never went out and ministered until he spent all night and morning in prayer. The more time he spent with God, watch this now, write this down. The more time you spend with God, the less time you spend with people. Dealing with problems. It, it lessens. There are some things, even I can tell you from this side of the desk, that, that I hear about and know about and feel in my spirit. Then I start praying about it and God deals with it. And I don't have to spend time with it because I spent time with him. And the good shepherd, see, I'm an under-shepherd. I know my place. He's the good shepherd. He really is the shepherd of this church, not me. I'm just an under-shepherd. But if I stay connected to him, he can shepherd you and bless your homes and protect you and, and areas because you're under our leadership and our covering. Every person needs a pastor, folks. Every person needs someone to submit to. And, and, and they know, listen, you'll know if it's abuse. You'll know if it's wrong. You'll know if it's of God. But see, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm simply shepherding you out of love. I'm not, I'm not forcing anybody to be here. I'm not. I have never have, never will. We don't give you a guilt trip for, for serving, not serving, or giving and not giving. And it doesn't, That's not here. What's here is the shepherd's love teaching and feeding the sheep and giving them the direction to go and teaching them them how to live in this world of darkness and be the light and if you'll eat and consume it and follow us as we follow Christ God's going to bless you and bless us together because we're in this together but we've got to start taking time for God I want you to stand to your feet here this Sunday morning. And if you will, will you make this your prayer? Will you just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I put you first in my life. And for the sake of my family, for the sake of my children, for the sake of our business, and for the sake of our ministry. And God, we just right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I recommit myself to you right now. If you've not given your life to the Lord and, and you've not taken that first step to make Jesus your Savior, make that your prayer right now and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. I need you. But the rest of us, 
right now in this moment. Surrender to him and take time. If you'll take 20 seconds, 30 seconds, just to lift your voice and surrender to his presence and commit yourself and say, I commit myself for the rest of the week. I say, God, I'm going to take it one day at a time, but I want you to meet me. I want to meet you. I want you to step in, calibrate my spirit. Let eternity that's been placed inside of me begin to be in sequence with eternity. And let me walk in your will and let my children walk in your will and let my wife and my husband and my family and my children, let all of them, let all of us be in synchronization, God, and create synergy. Synergy where all of our energy, God, is propelled to one purpose, to fulfill the will of God for our family. And I bless our homes today. And I bless, God, everything that we do. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, let our lives be light. Let our lives give direction to others. We pray this year that our families are won over the ones that aren't living for God. We pray this year, God, that we just give you the time we give you the time so you can come into our time and you can give us the time, quality, Father, time to do the things we desire to do. We seem pressed for time, but God, we all have the equivalency, the equivalency of 24 hours. And you can take that. It's enough for you to work. God, give us more time with our family. Give us more time, God, to do our businesses. Give us more time. Send us the right people to help us along the way. Send us the right mentors. Send us the right leaders. Send us the right work co-laborers. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now somebody lift your voice and tell them thank you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.